The Eldora Million format is out, and we've got the bullet points plus Tuesday results for the Short Track Super Series and a high limit, and we'll talk about Kyle Larson's high limit situation. Let's go. It's Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. High limit round number five is in the books, and we're just about halfway through this first 11 race season for the midweek series. They had an absolutely incredible crowd last night at Eagle Raceway near Lincoln, Nebraska, and the images were pretty wild. Massively full parking lot, and the crowd that gathered around Kyle Larson after the feature was big. Kudos to him for sticking around and taking the pictures and talking to people and signing the autographs and doing all of that. Uh, Nice to see, too, a Tuesday show like that draw such big support. I think there's a lot to unpack from the night, and I've got a question or two for you to ponder today about High Limit. The race ended up being the third straight series victory for Larson, and he's clearly in control at the moment. We'd had four different winners through the first four series events, but now that Larson is back racing the sprint car on a more regular basis, he's found his footing, and I think he's just that much better than the rest of the competition. I think there was some hope early on that this wouldn't turn into the Larson show every night, but that has definitely shifted pretty rapidly over the past three events. It's an interesting phenomenon with Young Money right now because we're very much witnessing one of the greatest to ever climb into a race car at his absolute peak. But one guy winning all the time can create some backlash. And it's made even more compelling by the fact that he's doing all this with a series he co-owns. It definitely shifts the dynamic a bit, and I've seen plenty of comments about how he either shouldn't be racing at all or he shouldn't be allowed to run for points. I've been told that when Tony Stewart was running all-star shows regularly, his own series people were not cool with him running for the championship. I don't know if I feel that way or not about the situation with Larson. You know, you kind of expected that when he created a series that he was obviously going to be a part of it. I don't know that I have personally a big issue with him running these races. But I think that's the question for you today. Where do you stand on Larson running for the title in his own series? It's not in question that this thing was very much set up to accommodate his ability to run during the week, and he had a heavy hand in selecting which tracks were going to be on the schedule. He's never run for a sprint car championship before, and this is finally an opportunity for him to do that. But if he does eventually go on to the title, I'm wondering if we will look differently upon the accomplishment because of his ownership. I'm not really sure. And as much as I understand the move and think it's probably the right one for World Racing Group and the World of Outlaws, I do think it would be tougher on him and more fun to watch if Larson was up against all of the best sprint car drivers instead of the full-time outlaws being missing because of the restriction. I think it's a different game if Brad Sweet and David Gravel and Carson Macedo and Logan Schuhart and Sheldon Huddenshield and Donnie Schatz and all these guys are also standing in his way. Watching last night's feature, Rico Abreu uh, led the first 17 laps from the pole before Brent Marks took over out front. I felt like Marks was probably the best car last night, probably could have held Larson off, but he ended up being a victim of the hole in turn one that caught out quite a few guys through the program. Uh, Marks hit that hole, started bouncing, and then ended up flipping while he was leading. That handed the top spot to Larson on the ensuing restart. It's been an interesting season for Marks here. You know, we've talked about him a few times, kind of up and down, had some issues. I mean, he's clearly fast. Definitely think they're moving in the right direction, but just can't get the luck to go his way. Uh, Larson did have to hold off a pretty ferocious challenge from Rico in the closing laps, including multiple sliders, but he was able to get away after a failed slider from Rico with four to go. Rico led, kind of fell back through the field, then I think got, you know, working on his wing and changed his lines a little bit and was able to drive back up to the front. 
So Larson grabbed the win over Rico and a hard-charging Gio Selzy, who went 17th to 3rd. There have been plenty of comments about how Larson should start in the rear for these races, but maybe instead of that, he should start up front. Through the first six high-limit shows, we haven't had a single winner come from the front row starters. We've had two wins from 3rd, one from 4th, one from 8th, and one from ninth. Also, and I think this is a tad uh, nitpicky here, I'll admit that right off the top, but I did hear there were some, uh, maybe some grumblings from teams regarding last night's pill draw procedure for qualifying. It was a split field night, and the High Limit Rulebook says that the top 10 in points are supposed to be seated equally between the two groups. And that was not the case with, the, uh, with three top 10 runners on one side and seven on the other. I'd be curious to hear an explanation from the series as to why this happened. This kind of goes back to everything that happened last week. When, when you know, racers own a series, things like this have to be avoided. They just had potential fairness issues a week ago, and the conspiracy theorists will latch on to stuff like this. Uh, looking ahead, the next High Limit race isn't until July 25th at Grandview. Drop me your thoughts below on all the things we've kind of talked about here over the last couple of minutes. Elsewhere last night, there was heartbreak for Alex Payne with the short track Super Series. He was on his way to his first career Touring Series win, but made a mistake on the final lap and slid over the turn two cushion. That allowed Corey Costa to slip by and take the victory. Payne settled for second and was absolutely devastated afterwards. He's won before in weekly competition at Outlaw Speedway, but has yet to grab a victory with either the Short Track Super Series or the Super Dirt Car Series. The win for Costa was his first in-series competition. Matt Williamson was fourth on the night, while Matt Shepard ended up 11th after a late flat tire. Short Track Super Series is back in a few weeks at Devil's Bowl Speedway in Vermont. Uh, moving on, Eldora Speedway dropped the format for the upcoming Eldora Million Sprint Car Race. Uh, Wednesday will feature split field programs with drivers earning points through the night to set up heat races uh, on Thursday. Heat races on Wednesday will feature an invert determined by a spin of the wheel. What do they call it? The uh, the wheel of misfortune. Uh, and then the night's features are 12,000 to win. Those prelim features will also have an invert based on the wheel of misfortune. So two uh, inverts on the night, heats and the feature. Uh, on Thursday, the top three from each of the six heats will advance to the million with everyone else headed for C's or the B. Top six from the B will tag the tail of the features, and then the drivers who advance from the heats will draw four starting positions in the main event. It says heat winners will draw for spots one through six. Second place heat uh, runners will draw for position seven through 12, and then the third place uh, heat runners will draw for positions 13 through 18. Uh, the race, uh, the main event is going to go 50 laps. That does include a break around lap 20. Eldora will also utilize the choose cone for all the restarts, so that should mix things up a bit, especially coming out of that break. Obviously, the choose cone has kind of become a big part of what High Limit has been doing. The event also has a special, uh, special tire rule that includes teams having to buy specially marked tires at the track on both Wednesday and Thursday. That marked tire must be run in both qualifying and the feature on Wednesday. While teams have the option to use new marked Thursday tires for the heat to start the feature and at the break. Along with all of this, the entry process is open right now. Teams have until July 7th to take advantage of early entry benefits. The cost to enter the Eldora Million is $250. The track tweeted that Donnie Schatz was officially the first entrant. I've been asked a few times about what the car count could look like for the Million, and I honestly think I wouldn't expect much different than a normal King's Royal weekend. The race does obviously pay a million dollars to win but it's 6,000 to start. That's certainly pretty good, but if you compare it to an event like the Knoxville Nationals, teams come from all over to that event because you can make decent money all week even if you don't run well. The first non-transfer car on the Saturday Knoxville B-Main gets $10,000. That's what a standard outlaw show pays to win. 
I'd guess maybe we'll be into the 60s for the million, I would guess. Uh, you can see all the details on the million format and rules over at EldoraSpeedway.com. Looking ahead to tonight, Indiana Midget Week continues at Gas City I-69 Speedway. Jacob Denny, Buddy Kofoid have won the two opening rounds, and Denny leads the week-long points over Kofoid and Jade Avedisium. Kofoid has won the two previous trips to Gas City, while Cannon McIntosh was a winner there in 2020. I don't know that there's any reason to believe Kofoid won't be near the front again tonight. Uh, if you can't get to Gas City, uh, all of the USEC shows can be watched live over on Flow Racing. In Dirt Racing Podcast Land this week, Wing Nation is talking the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Lot Pedal is previewing Indiana Midweek and Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Open Red has Noah Gas. Passing Points has Tanner Kahn. Quick Time has Tyler Drukey. Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks has Brian Hayden and Ivan Glotz back. All Gas No Brakes has Dale McDowell and more. Doonwich on Dirt has Matt Gilbert and Austin Sosby. And there are new episodes of The Dirt Reporters from Dirt on Dirt, The Dirt Nerds, Dirt Track Confession, uh, Hoagie's Garage, Dirt Track Weekly, and Non-Wing Worldwide. To see all the shows and episodes, head over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. That's it for the show today. Make sure to check out today's streaming schedule over at dirttracker.com if you are in the market for something to watch tonight. Hope you guys have a good Wednesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>